helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is titled, Seven Mistaken Signs of Demon Possession. The subject of demons and demon possession is one of the least understood subjects in the Bible. Many people have been hurt in churches and deliverance ministries because they were incorrectly assessed as being demon-possessed. In an ABC News article titled Exorcism Thriving in USA Experts, it says exorcism has caused a number of real-world tragedies over the years, including several deaths. And they include several examples of this in the U.S. Now, in case you are thinking it's mainly a U.S. problem, a Globe and Mail article entitled Parents Sentenced for Exorcism Gone Wrong talks about a young man, Walter Zapita, who died while his parents and a friend tried to exorcise a demon out of him. The parents and friend were sentenced to four years of prison. Here today in studio is award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. Welcome, Michael. Thank you very much, Bettina. And it's such a sad story. You talk mm. about that family and friend who I think were well-intentioned. They were doing what, according to their Christian belief, was the thing to do when someone seemed to be demon-possessed. So if we read, read the full article, we didn't have time to go into the full article. But one of the things that happened in that story, according to the news article, is that this young man uh, was acting strangely. He got up to the pulpit of the church, He's usually a very quiet and reserved young man, got up, took the mic of the church, and started speaking in a way that nobody could understand. Mm-hmm. And from then, and from that and other things that he started doing, they believed that he had a demon, and they started to uh, try to drive this demon out of him, leading to that unfortunate incident, those unfortunate days in his basement where he died of dehydration mm-hmm. while they were trying to cast demon out of him. That's such a sad story. It is extremely sad story, Michael. And I'm sure that many people today are wondering, why as a psychotherapist would you choose to do a show on seven signs of uh, demon possession, seven mistaken signs of demon possession? That is such a good question, Bettina. I think it's very important for us to do this show because many of the symptoms that people uh, see as signs of demon possession can also be other things. It mm. can be mental illness, it can be sicknesses, and as a result, people often mistake mm. these signs for demon possession. So when we look at scriptures, for example, we see a number of of things happening in in the in the gospel as Jesus tried to drive demons out of people, as Jesus cast demons out of people, right. I should say. And one of one of the incidents talked about someone who was throwing themselves to the ground, right? Someone throwing themselves to the ground could be other things beside demon possession. But people see 
see someone doing that today. They say, oh yes, this is similar to what we read in the gospel. He's falling in, on the ground and he's rolling around, so he must be demon-possessed. So when we see things like that, we have to be careful that we are not uh, placing on these modern-day experiences something that we read in scriptures that might not be demon possession. Because if we read the scriptures carefully, we will see that Jesus Jesus distinguished between uh, mental illnesses, sicknesses, and and demonic possession. In mm-hmm. Matthew four twenty four, for example, we read, "Quote." So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics, and he cured them. Unquote. So in that scripture, we're seeing that the, the people with demons were a specific category. Mm-hmm compared to the other things, along with the other things, such as people who had epilepsy and people who had various diseases, such as mental illnesses. Yeah. But I think there is the there is the danger today that we tend to lump everything in one when mm. someone comes before us and they're showing certain symptoms. So mm-hmm. as we talk about these seven mistaken symptoms, what we're actually saying is when you see these symptoms in people, don't jump to the conclusion that it is demon possession because it could be as a result of other things. There could be a scientific explanation or a mental health explanation or a, or a physiological explanation for what is going on. So these seven symptoms that we are going to be talking about today is going to be very important for our churches to note and for people who work with others to know because I see uh, some of these symptoms as someone who hold a healing retreat, hold healing retreats every year, I see these symptoms in some of the people that we try to help. And these some of these people have been hurt in churches because they were mistaken for signs of being possessed by demons. So we're going to go through these seven symptoms today and we're going to clarify what else they could be as a way of helping the body of Christ and helping people who work with others so that we don't do more harm. We don't have we don't want to have any more uh, stories like the Walter story, no. where mm-hmm. people are 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 hurt physically or mm-hmm. even killed mm-hmm. as a result of well-intentioned people who are trying to help. But before I do so, I want to welcome all my listeners again. Thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. If you are new, I want to tell you that we are on the air every Monday morning at 9.30. And we invite you to join us next week when we will have another interesting topic related, uh, another interesting topic outlined and prepared for you. Our topics are usually mental health topics taken from a biblical perspective. So we also want to remind you how to get in touch with us. You can call us at one 544 3546 or you can go to our website elimcounselingministry.com Elim is spelled E-L-I-M counseling with two L's ministry.com and we thank you again for being with us on the air. Michael, as you mentioned, I believe today's show will be very informative and will help many of our listeners. And so we're talking about seven mistaken signs of demon possession. Let's jump right in and talk about the first one. 
Well, the first sign that I've heard uh, people who are involved in deliverance ministry say is a sign that demons are leaving the body of the person is when someone have excessive yawning, for example. So mm-hmm. someone, you're ministering to someone, you know, this person uh, may have had some kind of a very, very sinful past and you're praying for this person or you're talking about something evil that the person did in their past and the person starts yawning. Mm-hmm. And for some people who do not understand what could be happening, I have actually heard it repeated several times in many different settings and many different church settings because I, I minister in different churches. Mm-hmm. I go to different uh, different organizations, some, uh, sometimes in different places in the country. And I have often heard that people are manifesting demons because they are yawning a lot while someone is praying for them or talking about something in their lives. But let me say that Excessive yawning may be a response of the central nervous system when someone someone's stress level is elevated and their body starts producing uh, excessive uh, levels of the stress hormone cortisol. So yawning can result because the person is stressed, they, they're anxious, and their body is going into this stress response of yawning as a way of trying to relieve that stress. So there is a physiological explanation for it, and it doesn't necessarily mean that every yawn that the person makes, that the demon is leaving their body. Mm -hmm. And I think a good uh, a rule of thumb for me is that we should look to the scripture for guidance. Yeah, and there is nowhere in the in the scripture that we hear of Jesus casting out demons out of people and they are yawning right. as the demons leave them. We hear of other things happening, but we don't hear of this yawning as a way of demons leaving someone's body. Yeah, I think that's so correct in you saying that we need to make sure that the Bible, that we are looking to the Bible as um, our guide. So what other other signs uh, or symptoms that would be mistaken as demon possession? Another symptom would be belching. And belching, I've heard people say in deliverance ministry that this is a sign that the person has has demons inside of them because Mm -hmm. you're talking to this person about something and they start burping excessively. Now, this doesn't necessarily have to be the sign of demons any at all because this, this burping could be caused, again, from anxiety. If you're talking about a person's past or mm-hmm. sinful things that the person is not comfortable to talk about, they could become extremely stressed, and right. they could go into uh, and they could go into a form of panic and hyperventilation due to the anxiety. So the hyperventilation and the change in their breathing could could result in this burping mm. of of air. Mm-hmm. And so this excessive air because of how they are breathing is now is now coming out and this doesn't mean that the person is demon possessed mm-hmm. any at all. Mm-hmm. It just means that the person is stressed and that they're reacting to the stress by their body is reacting to the stress by giving out this symptom. So again, mm-hmm. burping or belching uh doesn't mean that someone 
is under the influence of demons any at all. So we've talked about excessive yawning and then now excessive burping. Are there any other symptoms? Yes, a, a very common one that I that I should say common in deliverance circle where people who are dealing with someone who is demon-possessed could see this manifestation and think that it's the result of demons, that there is something controlling the person's body and that this person uh, is losing consciousness or, or falling asleep, mm. uh, look as if they're sleeping because they, they, they just fall right over and they're not moving and they're right. not saying anything. And so it must be the demons. And they're screaming at the demons, telling the demons to get out of the person when in fact the person could be suffering from the third mistaken sign, which is narcolepsy. Mm-hmm. And narcolepsy is this excessive daytime drowsiness where people can fall asleep under any condition. So you could be talking like how you and I are talking mm-hmm. here and someone with narcolepsy could just start sleeping and just just you know bow over their right. head on their chair and start sleeping. Someone who is not informed and who is looking at this through spiritual lens, especially if they were talking about the name of Jesus or you know saying something spiritual about mm. the faith when this person suddenly has as narcolepsy, then they could think that this person is, the demon is manifesting in this person by controlling this person's body. When in fact, this person is not demon possessed at all. This person just have narcolepsy. Mm-hmm. And it's important for us to, to realize that people with narcolepsy often have hallucination as well, where they might go into this, into this state where they have vivid hallucination just before the onset of the arc of the narcolepsy so they could be seeing things they could be saying i see that person coming towards me or there is a man over there or i see this creature in the other corner of the room but this is very common in narcolepsy where because people just before they fall asleep can some patients i should say with narcolepsy can have these vivid hallucination mm. at the time when just when they are just about to go into sleep onset. So you can just imagine how <laughs> how scary this would be for someone Absolutely. who is not informed and doesn't know about this, where you're talking to someone and they say, oh, there's a man in the corner of the room. I can see that man and he's in a long gown and he's coming towards me or I see this creature and right. then they just fall, they fall asleep, asleep all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. You would think, wow, this is spooky. Right. There is some demon in this room that's going on. Right. But this could be a sign of narcolepsy. So before you jump to conclusions and you start casting demons out of people and you know holding them down to pray for them it's important to inform yourself as to the medical history of this person because mm-hmm. narcolepsy is uh, unfortunately an experience that many people have who are not demon possessed at all and michael you know it sounds really scary and looks scary i mean i'm sure it would just probably scare many people but it's very important as you said that we become informed about these things before we jump into conclusions yes because i can imagine that you know many people who the deaths that you talked about in that article that mm. you read earlier from the abc news and right. even that incident uh in the globe and mail right. about walter 
could be as a result of symptoms similar to these that people do not understand. Absolutely. And they're seeing these symptoms and they're going, wow, every time I talk to you about the name of Jesus, you see some strange thing in the corner mm-hmm. of the room and you, you, fall, you, you fall asleep. Right. But it might just be that the stress that this person is under is making their, their health condition kick in, the narcolepsia kick in. Exactly. And so this person <laughs> could go into that into that state, but it might have nothing to do with demons at all. Let's talk about the fourth symptom. The fourth symptom. Before I get into the fourth symptom, yes. uh, I would just like to say that uh, for those of you who are just joining us and you have missed the first part mm-hmm. of the show, you can find it by going to a website at elamconstantministry.com or you can call us at one eight seven seven five four four three five four six. And I'd like to say that the, the topic that we are doing today is seven mistaken signs of demon possession. So these are seven things that people mistake for demons possession. So we're at the fourth sign now is that right but yes, you know, we're we, at the fourth yes, sign yes mm-hmm. and so the fourth sign of, of where people mistake for demon possession is hearing voices so mm-hmm. if you're ministering to someone in your church and this person say i hear voice and i hear this voice telling me things like i am no good or i should kill myself or you know that you know christians are bad people uh, you should inquire a little bit more because this does not necessarily mean that the person is demon-possessed. Hearing voices is one of the hallmark symptoms of schizophrenia. Mm, so right. if someone has schizophrenia, they they can hear voices, and these voices ma- can manifest in different ways. It can be in the sense that they hear these voices as if they, it's in their head that someone is talking to them. But with schizophrenia, a person could also hear voice like it's coming from the walls of the room mm-hmm. or it's coming from something in their environment or it's even from the television. They could say someone is talking to me through the TV or right. through the radio and telling me to kill myself. And if you are not familiar with this, you might say, yes, there it's a demon talking mm-hmm. to this person. But again, we should inform ourselves with knowledge, harm ourselves yes. with knowledge so that we don't hurt people and tell people tell people false things information, false yeah. information that are are not true all right so we talked about excessive yawning belching narcolepsy and then now hearing voices or seeing strange things is yeah, that seeing strange things is the is the sixth one so right, okay. yes yeah, so if if you are in a situation with someone and, and they're saying I can see things and this this person is seeing things that other people are not seeing for example they are seeing creatures in in their room creatures in the church they're seeing things you know uh, strange looking things that they mm. might describe as demons and uh, these things are causing them a lot of distress and a lot Mm. of fear, be aware that this might not be demonic, that this could be a sign of schizophrenia. This is one of the hallmark symptoms of schizophrenia as well, that people 
often see things that others don't. don't and mm-hmm. if you miss our show about what to do if so, if a family member has a mental illness, it's important that you listen to that show. It's on our YouTube channel where we talk about what are some of the do's and the don'ts if someone in your family has a mental illness such mm-hmm. as schizophrenia because there's a way to deal with those things that you don't do more harm to the person. So again, we don't have time to go into all of this, but one of the, the things that we say in in that show is that when people see these things it's real to them so mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. don't spend time trying to convince them that it's not there and you don't make the other mistake either of thinking that it's it's a demon because right. people who are sick there who has schizophrenia there's something wrong with the way their their brain is perceiving reality and so they are seeing things that are imaginary but to them it is real yeah. and it's important for us as people who are helping others that we don't do harm to others by making the mistake of thinking that what they're seeing or what they're what they're perceiving in their environment is real or is some kind of spiritual entity that you need to set the person free from by doing an exorcism or by rebuking demons because a lot of times it is because of the mental illness of the person and so michael we've discussed already five symptoms five uh, mistaken symptoms of demon possession we uh should go on to the sixth point please yeah the sixth point is the sixth symptom is dissociation mm-hmm. and dissociation is uh where a person often lose control of their body and there is an explanation for this for people who have a trauma for example talking about the trauma can be very a very fearful thing so as a way of coping their mind dissociate from the reality of what is going on around mm. so i have a clients for example who you start talking about something of the past maybe a past sexual abuse and they will have this blank look on their face as if they are not there they start doing strange things with their hands and if you were to wave your hand in front of their face they it's as if they are not there they are not seeing you anymore mm. that's that's a form of dissociation so this person can have confusion about where they are they can have confusion about even who they are they can yeah. start saying funny things as if they're someone else and they 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 can also uh if they're spiritual start saying things that is against their spiritual belief but this doesn't mean that the person is is demon possessed it just mean that they are dissociating an extreme form of dissociation results in disassociative identity disorder and this is when the person can manifest as two different individuals in in a short space of time so they might be talking as if they're a young child in one moment and the next time they're talking as if they're an adult and they might even be change in their voice to a childlike voice and it's just a way of dissociating sometimes going to a earlier memory might be might be where the trauma took place and they, in, when they go back to that state that early 
childlike state, they can remember the trauma. And when they're in the adult state, they have no recollection of it. So I have seen mm-hmm. cases like that where when the person goes in the childlike state, we can talk about what happened during their childhood. But when they go to the adult state, that is when they are not dissociating. Uh, when they come back to reality, they can't remember anything about what happened in in the in the in the state when they're in the childlike state. So when you see a manifestation like this, where people person go between different identities do not jump to conclusion mm-hmm. that it's demon possession either because this person could be having a mental illness a condition right. where they are so traumatized by something of the past that they have dissociated parts of themselves from another part in order to survive and i guess michael would that be kind of a way for that individual to cope absolutely coping mechanism it's a a coping mechanism because you know we 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 know very well that people can have can go into denial it's a very denial is a very common form of of coping mechanism where people deny that something uh terrible is happening and you might have a friend that you you can see that the husband is abusive and that this is a bad relationship but his friend might say you know he's a wonderful man Mm -hmm. and everyone around know that this person is in a terrible relationship. Yeah. Well, that could be, a, you know, a mild form of dissociation, but an extreme form of dissociation, their body actually dissociates from reality. And so it's important for us to realize that in extreme form of dissociation, a person can actually become like someone else. Right. Let's wrap it up with the last point. The, the last point so, mm-hmm. is epilepsy. And this is of one of the biggest uh, ones that people mistake for demon possession because we are, we have we have uh, incidents in the Bible where people who were demon possessed would throw themselves to the ground mm-hmm. and foam at the mouth and would would be demon possessed. We have those accounts in the scripture. So when someone has epilepsy and they fall on the ground and they are foaming and so forth, or their tongue is doing strange things in their mouth, people will tend to think that this is a sign of demon possession. So, But this is often uh, epilepsy. And in the scripture that I read earlier when we were starting the show, where I talked about the fact that Jesus differentiated between epilepsy and demon possession possession in Matthew 4 verse 24 it's important for us to keep that in mind that Jesus made a distinction so people who are epileptic who might have these these spells where they go into seizures that they are not demon possessed and so it's important for us to realize that epilepsy is is a symptom of something gone wrong in the central nervous system it's a neurological disorder in which the brain activity becomes abnormal and seizures take place. And it's it's not a sign of demon possession, but because of some of the things that take place when someone is going through epilepsy, it's very easy for for someone to confuse that with to confuse that with demon possession. So for example, someone who's having an epileptic spell could have uncontrollable jerking movements of their arms or, or leg, or they could experience uh, fear. They could have psychic symptoms such as fear and anxiety where you know they're acting in panic. And when people see these things, they can confuse it for there is a demonic attack on this person. So it's important for us not to jump to conclusions when we see these things happening. Mm -hmm. Michael, this was such a great show, very informative and very crucial for the church 
to know and and uh, different lay people. So thank you for this. And thank you for, for being here with me again today to do this interesting show. We want to remind our listeners that, again, if you missed the first part of the show, we gave seven symptoms. Maybe you came in when we were already well underway. You can listen to this show by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And on that website, we have access to all our social media page, including our YouTube channel, where all of these podcasts are showcased for your convenience. So if you want to hear of any of the past uh, past shows that we did, you can access that by going to the channel, going to our YouTube channel. Uh, we also want to remind you that we are a non-profit organization and that these shows that we do, there is a cost to doing these shows. So you can help us keep this show on the air by making a donation. You can donate by mailing a check to us or by, by, by making a, a payment uh, by email transfer or through PayPal on our website or you can you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com, and you can become a monthly sponsor for as little as $5 a month. These $5 contributions mean a lot to us. So if you haven't contributed yet, please do so. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. And Bettina Davelmar. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.